0: God has great plans for us. And you know what? We're all going to get it. You might be sitting there today going, am I ever going to get it? Yeah, you're going to get it. I'm telling you, if he could get me to get it, he can get anybody to get it. Because see, here's the only thing you have to do. I finally figured this out. All you have to do is be willing and be obedient. Everything else he does. So James chapter 1, verse 22. We're talking about a faith that is unmovable. We're talking about a faith that is so persistent that it seizes hold of a promise of God and will not move until it sees that promise in this realm. That's what we're talking about today. So to do that persistent faith, you have to be a doer Of the word. And we're going to define that for you now. In James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But, I love that, but. Now, if you look at this in verse 21, look at what it says. Back up to verse 21 real quick. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness, and King James says, superfluity of naughtiness. Just lay aside all of the sin, all of the junk, basically. And receive with meekness or humility. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. That word literally means the implanted word. Implanted where? The word of God. Receive it into your spirit. Let it be implanted into your spirit. Which is able to save your soul. That means it's able, the Word of God is able to bring wholeness to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your, your soulish realm is the control center. Your life is transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is part of your soul. It says, but that's not enough. It does, to lay aside all the sin... To receive with humility the word of God into your spirit which is able to save your soul. Then it says, but. In other words, but that's not enough. It's not enough just to receive it. It's not enough to lay aside the sin. There's something else you have to do. And it's found in verse 22. But be ye doers of the word. And not Hearers only. That word "hearers" is a little different. It doesn't mean like in Romans ten seventeen, where it says faith comes by hearing God's word. That word "hearing" in, in Romans is is the word you you literally put the word first place above everything else. You give your full attention to the word, so that you put it as a thing of reverence in your life, and now. Now I'm hearing it. Where am I hearing the word? I'm hearing it. Speak to me out of my spirit. That's what that word means. Here in James, it says, "It says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. This word here literally means someone who just listens to the word. So that means it's not first place. You can't hear the word so faith comes unless it's first place another way to say this the way god put it to me is tony you can't hear the word until you get over yourself yes dad right so so don't it says you got to be a doer of the word not just a hearer and then it says what does it say about a hearer don't be a hearer only deceiving your own selves Notice, Satan doesn't even have to deceive you. The Bible talks about how that Satan deceives the whole world. But for a child of God, if you don't put, if you're living your own life and you're just come to church and you hear, hear the word and, or you read the word, but it's not really first place in your life, all this stuff, what happens is you become self-deceived. You'll you'll actually think you're honoring God in your finances when you're not. You'll think you're walking in love when you're really not. Here's a big one. You'll think you're walking in faith and by faith when you're really not. You'll think you're thinking of others before yourself when you're really not. You'll think that you're really putting God first when you're really not. Right? And everybody said, Oh, me, right? <laughs> Lord, help me, right? Well, here's the good news He's here to help you. Amen. He's not here to get mad at you, He's here to move you. So today, we're gonna learn exactly how to go from being somebody who just listens to the word. Isn't that frustrating? I could quote scripture, I could teach, and I still hadn't heard a lot of it. And it just seemed like I knew the principles were true. But for some reason, I could never make the dots connect. And then in a moment of time, when I learned this truth, everything connected. Because I'm like, oh, wow, is that simple. And it's given right here. I read this, I can't even tell you how many times. It says in verse 23, now he's going to give an example of doing what? Of what it means to be a doer of the word versus just a listener who's self-deceived. It's very simple. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, here's the example, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So if, if you're just a listener of the word and not a doer, you're like a man that's beholding his natural face in a glass. Now, the word glass in the Greek, it literally means a mirror. So the hearer, just the listener of the word, beholds himself in a mirror, right? So today, if God is not first in your life and you're just hearing this and you really don't, it's not, you're not hungering, you're not whatever, you might just be hearing it. It's like you're okay, you're looking at it. And when you look at yourself, as you're sitting here, you'll see change, you'll see things you need to change, You'll you'll get hope. You'll be like, oh man, that's my answer. Have you ever came to church or listened to the word and all of a sudden you're like, bam, there is my answer. And then within an hour, you're totally back where you were or worse. But it says here, keep going, he beholds his natural face in a mirror. Now, this behold himself, this is a look of inspection. So women know what this is, right? I mean, they get in front of a mirror. They got lights around the mirror. You know, they see every pore magnified, right? And they're just, it's a look. Basically, it's a look of inspection. So when you're listening to the word, you're still looking, you're still inspecting yourself, right? But then we got to keep going with the example. Then the hearer, it says this. For he beholds himself. He's looking at himself. He's inspecting himself. He's getting answers. He's seeing things he needs to change in his life. He sees things he's doing right. He starts to see who he actually is. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, it says, We are his workmanship. You know what that word means in the Greek? It means masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. That's what he thinks of you. And you, when you're sitting here, like even right now, you're going, wow. But if you, if you don't do something, you'll just be a hearer and you'll forget. Because it says here, he beholds himself and then he goes, he goes whose way? His way. So he's beholding himself but then he puts the word down and he still wants to go his way. It says the minute he starts going his way and straightway, at once, is what that Greek word means, he forgets what manner of man he is. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the very sons of God. The very children of God. You'll forget that. And all of a sudden you'll just think you're a man. And for a while you might think, man, I'm, I'm a man and I've got it all together and this is awesome. But you'll never be fulfilled without God. So the hearer of the word, he does behold himself. But then he puts the word down. He goes his way. And he forgets what manner of man that he was. So, the hearer of the word. I'm hearing the word, and then I take the word, I put it down, and I go my way. And the minute I start going my way, I forget. I'm self-deceived. I forget what manner of man I am. Do you get that? That's the hearer of the word. So now let's look at what the doer does. The doer of the word. It keeps going here. He's still giving the same example. But then he says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, whoso looketh, and you're like, well, wait a minute, beholdeth versus looketh. Looketh, this Greek word means to look and keep on looking. So the doer of the word looks and keeps on looking into the word of God and continues therein. Now this is amazing because what the Holy Spirit just prompted James to say is the same thing two different ways. In hermeneutics, the art and science of biblical interpretation, that is the Holy Spirit almost just going, get this. Two times in one verse. This is huge. Whoever looks and keeps on looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. He's a doer of the word. Notice how it says that? But he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, This man shall be blessed in his deed. Does your Bible say that? It doesn't say, but a doer of the word. It says, but a doer of the work. God, see, we don't work for salvation. We work out. Salvation produces works. But what do we work out? Only what God's working in. So, Works are not the root of my salvation, they're the fruit of it. As you peer into the word of God, it will show you what to do. He's called you unto good works. What's a good work? Walking in love. Walking by faith. Being led by the Spirit of God. He'll show you in your life The Word of God will show you exactly what to do. And you'll have the grace of God to do it. You'll have the strength of God that will strengthen you to do it. And He will give you the wisdom on what to do. And He'll bring all the provision you need to do it. He'll bring all the people that you need to do it. Everything just starts falling in place. It says here, He being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. It, in the Greek it says he'll be blessed in his doing. So, hear of the word grabs the word of God, whether it's in your car, whether it's here in church, and you, you're hearing it. And then you set it down and you go your way. You live your life, you do your thing. Which, that road is very wide. That road has some wonderful feelings and you have some fun times, but you're never really satisfied because there's only one thing that could satisfy you, and that's him. But the doer of the word looks at the word of God and this is how he walks. Well, wait a minute, wouldn't he trip because he can't see where he's walking? No, no, the word becomes a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, So I don't, I don't have to look at anything else. As a matter of fact, it looks sounds a lot like Hebrews. As I run my race, I fix my eyes on Jesus. And as I'm walking, if there's a cliff here, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will have me go over here, and then, oh, he, sometimes he'll have me go like this, walk around. Sometimes he'll have me stop and just speak and declare, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you, Father, for provision in my life. I thank you that I'm going over and never going under, and I'm just looking at the Word. And as I seek first the kingdom, what's God doing? He's harvesting into my life. He's, he's meeting all of my needs. He's opening doors that no man can shut. He's shutting doors that no man can open. And what happens as I'm looking in the Word now I'm pliable. I'm, the more I peer into the Word, see, when you peer into the Word, revelation comes. The more you peer into it, the deeper you go into it. And what happens as you look into the Word, you're changed into the same image of Jesus. So this is why being a doer is so important. So do you see, you just have to look and keep looking. That's all you got to do. Keep looking. I ask my my father every day, Father, I ask that you'd reveal by your spirit anything that I'm not seeing that I'm supposed to see, anything that I'm seeing wrong about myself, about others, about ministry, about life, about parenting, about being a husband, show me. Why? Because I'm pliable. Man, I've done it my own way. I'm not doing that anymore. Jesus, you are first. And I walk around peering into the word of God. And now I'm positioned perfectly for him to harvest into my life. He adds all these things. So now what am I doing? I walk around. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I walk around. Th- See, I'm not giving ear to anything else because I'm always looking at the word. Always. Do you know, if you look at the Word always, you will be so much more productive in your work life, in your ministry life, in your relationship life, uh, in, in your church life. All, you'll be so much more productive if you look at the Word, because why? The wisdom that comes out of the Word of God will lengthen your days. You'll get everything done. See, if you were to talk to people in 2018, they'd say, man, I just don't have the time to get in the Word. No, no. If you don't get in the Word, you won't have the time. But if you put him first in your calendar, he will see to it that you never toil and always have the time. Do you know how much time it takes to beat yourself up? And, and, and here's what happens You go to bed, and you're just beating yourself up. You're not happy with yourself. You've had bad interactions during the day, and you lay down, and you're trying to rest, but you're not resting on the inside, so you can't rest on the outside. And then the next day you get up, you're kind of tired. But now, because you're not being led by the Spirit of God, you're being led by your feelings, your emotions, and what you see, now you have twice the amount of stuff to do this day but you're tired physically. And, you're, and you're, you're toiling so there's stress which your body doesn't even know what to do with. So now, and see what happens then is you start thinking about yourself. And now, the minute you think about yourself, you step under the law of sin and death where it can't produce anything, any life. And all you do, why is this person doing this to me? And why can't I be fulfilled? Why am I never not happy? And you know, I, I, why, why, this, why does that pastor keep saying the same thing? And I gotta go there. And why does he talk so long? And why, why do they have blue walls? And you know, and the brown carpet just bothers me. Everything bothers you. Why? Because you're thinking about yourself. Do you see the difference? Here here's living for himself puts the word down and walks his own way. And then when he comes to church again, according to statistics, 1.5 times right a month the average Christian in America comes to church. So, do you think they ever read their Bible? No. Right? So, here's a child of God with the Spirit of God in them, the all-knowing God, born again, living in total darkness. doesn't have to be that way. And if it's that way in your life, guess what? There's no guilt, condemnation, or shame. Just make a change. So it's, it's good news. Say, Pastor, that's good news. Thank you for... Sh-. It's so easy. It is easy. So now let's go to the same parallel Scripture in the Old Testament. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, I bet you know we're going to verse 20, don't you? Could we ever go here too much? No. Because I want to show you, this this is so important that you see this. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. And oh, by the way, see, this is how the Holy Spirit will lead you as you're walking, as you're going to Proverbs. So I'm walking in the word. I've got it first place. It's renewing my mind. It's developing my spirit. It's telling me what to say. It's telling me where to go and what to do. So now the blessings are overtaking me. And how do I know where to go? Oh, by the way, what happens is I'm positioned perfectly. So now the Father can give me the desires of my heart. So instead of me being all self centered, going, I just need to know what I got to do. God, who am I going to marry and where am I going to go to school and where should I work and where should I go to church? You know, it's all about me, 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 me. No, forget all that. I'm just going to walk with my eyes on the Lord and pretty soon I'll just have a desire. And I'll know it's a God desire because it eclipses everything in my flesh. And I walk by my desires. And now I'm tapping into Jeremiah 29, 11. All the plans and purposes that God have for me are good. They're not evil. And it's to give me an end of expectation, an expected end where I walk out every desire of my heart in my life. So now Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. I'm telling you, this is so cool. Anybody can take this and just change your life today. You can become a doer of the word today and instantly all of heaven, you get positioned, and now all of heaven is able to work to straighten out all the junk that maybe is in your life right now. Right? God doesn't expect you to straighten it out. He he, he says, Cast the whole of your care on me. Yeah, but I've blown it for 20 years. So what? Listen, while you were dead, this word dead in trespasses and sins, I was sharing it with the guys on Saturday. We're going through the book of Ephesians. It's the Greek word nekros, it means a corpse. Now, in, in America, when we think of a corpse, we think of an open casket. And that's not what that word means. This word corpse means it's a corpse that has been rotting and decaying and stinks. While we're walking, I mean, you know, we, we talk about zombies. Man, the world is full of them. A full of the walking dead. And we're down here to bring them to life. Necros. You were locked into the course of this world. You couldn't break out of it. You were going to live at this part in time. And you can't break out of it. You were in spiritual death. You can't break out of it. And now you're a rotting, stinking, flesh-fallen-off-of-you corpse but you don't know it you think everybody in the world thinks that they're living oh i'm living i could do whatever i want but according to the word of god no you're living under the prince under the influence of the prince of the power of the air you are not you're not living your life your whole life is being controlled and unless you get brought back to life by being born again You're just going to pass from this world and go, oh my gosh, how did this happen to me? But yet, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm lost. I didn't have to be here, but I'm just here forever. This is the reality. And while we were that way, God loved us so much that he came looking for us to bring us and make us alive. How much more as God's child, oh man, don't worry about where you're at today. Get excited about your future because it could all change right now by simply deciding to be a doer of the word. So look at this, says the same thing, my son, attend to my words. Now, for all of you medical professionals out there, if, if the word of God was in a bottle and it had a prescription tag around it, it would have this verse because this is the prescription and the instructions of how to take your medicine the word of god so the first thing you got to do is you got to put it first place remember it's impossible to be a doer of the word without having it first place so that's just a decision notice i didn't say you have to know how to do that if you haven't put the word first place you probably don't know how to do that and that's totally okay because you have the greater one on the inside of you that will tell you how to put the word first Every step of the way. And always oh, so gentle. Never yells at you. Man, I told you not to. No, he never does that. Right? He just come on over here. Okay, you're getting off this. You know, I know this is the 50th time today, but it's okay. Come on back. I'll show you. He'll show you how to be a doer. You just have to make the decision. I'm gonna put him first place. And then he'll start showing you how to put him first place. All of a sudden you'll be reading the word, and all of a sudden the light will shine on something in your life, and you'll go, oh my goodness i got to stop saying, my knee is killing me. And then all of a sudden, he'll show you something. Ooh, wow, yeah, Lord, I forgive that person. I harbor no unforgiveness in my heart. Because see, when he shows you something, everything that God says to you is an enablement to do it. Because his word is full of life and power. So now he says, not only put it first place, but now I've got to incline my ear to it. That means I give the word of God my undivided attention now this is this is really heavy duty. You might have to shut your cell phone off you you might have to you might have to not be on Facebook for a day i mean I, I don't know if that's or YouTube you, Could you imagine going through a whole day and not looking at a funny YouTube video? You might have to do that I don't know. Just big commitments you you know you I mean just These commitments are so huge, God. I'm gonna lay this down. Are you kidding me? Right? For I'm I'm gonna lay down. I'm only gonna look at ten videos instead of twenty, and I'm just sacrificing. I'm bearing my cross, Jesus, so that I could have Your life. The Holy Spirit will be like, "That's awesome." And then he'll keep working on you to try to get you more to reality later on. He progressively develops you. And when you fall down, he just picks you back up. Actually, you never really fall down. You just, he just He grabs you before you hit and lifts you back up. He'll, and and if, you, if you make this decision, he'll keep you from falling. That means, see, that means if you do something wrong, there, there'll be no repercussions. That means... Here you are, you've sinned, and now the door's open, and Satan's coming. He's, he's coming to just take you out. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit prompts you, and you're like, Father, I just confessed that before you. You know, and I thank you for forgiving me and cleansing me. And Satan hits that door as it's slammed in his face, and he can't get to you. Amen. Oh, if you could see that in the spirit realm. And then Satan's walking away with this big nose, man, just, <laughs> ow. Right? Right? No, I'm serious. That's that's the way it is. So you give it your undivided attention. Then look at this. It says, let them, talking about God's words, and this is what I want you to see, let them not depart from your eyes. This means I look and I keep looking. Do you see that? This is the doer. I put it first. I put his word first. I give it my undivided attention. And I always walk seeing the word of God. That means I never set it down. I always walk like this. So now I'm a doer. I always see myself having what God says he's given me. Doing what God says that I'm to do. Right? Being who God says I am. I always see God for who he really is. I always see him for what he's really done. Always, as I keep the word first place. This is what I want to focus on here. Don't let God's word depart from your eyes. Because if you do, you become a forgetful hearer. See, and every time you let the word of God depart from your eyes, you start going your way. Do you see that? Isn't that simple? So don't try to figure out God's way. Just make a choice to keep looking at the word and let God be God. He'll show you the way. He'll show you how to walk by faith. He'll show you. He'll he'll develop your faith walk. He'll develop your love walk. He'll show you how to be led by the Spirit. Because in this place, you're at rest now. You're not working out your own thing. You're not even thinking about yourself. You're thinking about Him, and you're pliable. So now, your will and His will is becoming one. Right? Now... I'm abiding in His Word, and His Word is abiding in me. And now I'll ask, which means I'll call for, I'll make a demand for, I'll require whatever I will, and it'll be done for me. Do you see that? This This is the walk of a child of God. This is where persistent faith comes from. Faith that never lets go. Because you're not trying to get something anymore. You're like, God said it, so I have it. And I'm not letting go until I see it in this realm. Why? So that my body feels better? I'm not even looking at myself. I want to walk in healing and health and provision so that I could help my brothers and sisters who are struggling here. This is all about I, my life. I have to be debt-free so that I could go around telling the story of how God got me out of debt. Amen. Do you see this? You, 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 we're not made to live for ourselves. And there's so many ditches there. And what it is is Satan, when you are walking like this, looking at the mirror, he's going to be yelling and screaming with circumstances and people. See, people are never your enemy. He's just trying to get you to stop looking at the Word. Because if he does, all of a sudden you go from going his way to going your way. Right? Here's Peter, he's walking on the water. His eyes are on Jesus. He's obeying the word. He's a doer of the word. But the minute he took his eyes off Jesus, he started going his own way, and his own way is not able to walk on water. Does that make sense? But this is the cool thing. If you ever do that, just call out to Jesus. Or in other words, Father, I thank you that my eyes are back on the word. Father, I know I said that. I curse that word. I am healed. I am above only and not beneath. I am the triumphant one and victorious because of what Jesus did. I curse those words. You know, we read Isaiah fifty-four: No weapon formed against us will prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you know the number one tongue that rises up against you and I, us. I mean, people, listen. I tell pastors this all the time. People don't think about you that much But if you get your eyes off the word you'll think about yourself all the time and you'll say crazy stuff about yourself You'll say crazy stuff like yeah, I I, this is just not working out. What do you mean? You're a child of God. It's already been worked out You'll start looking at your life and you will look at your checkbook and you'll think you have no money when you have everything that you'll ever need financially you just can't see it because you're looking at the wrong thing isn't this good news you know we can keep going with this but i want to i you know man it's already eleven fifteen. all right we need to talk about blind bartimaeus actually he's not blind bartimaeus He's healed Bartimaeus. So we're going to talk about healed Bartimaeus. So I want to read this story because this is an example of persistent faith. This is just an example and I want to show you this example. The Bible is full of examples. So go to Matthew chapter 20. Man, I thought I was going to start out with Matthew chapter 20 today. But you know, we needed to go here. I knew we were going to go to those scriptures at some point, but I didn't know I was supposed to start with them. But this is good. So now we understand a doer of the word always looks at the word. A hearer only walks away from the word. So now Matthew chapter 20 is the first of of, of this story. It's in three of the four gospels. And Matthew's account, it adds a second person. The other two accounts only talk about Bartimaeus. Actually, actually, only Mark's account talks and names Bartimaeus by name. The other account just talks about a blind man. But it's all the same story. So let me just read this to you. Verse 29 of chapter 20 of Matthew. Matthew 20, 29. Are you guys doing good today? It feels so good in here. Like people are just, you're, you're getting stuff. Which is helping me get stuff. It's just awesome. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. It says, and as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him, followed Jesus. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord. And now look at what they say. Thou son of David. So they heard they had to hear it because they couldn't see Jesus. We learn later they're sitting there and there's this big multitude. And they're like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, Jesus is, is passing by. So they started crying out. But they cried out, oh, Lord. Right? Oh, Lord. That's, that's pretty good. But then they said, son of David. That is a Messiah term. Oh, Lord, son of David. And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace, but they cried the more saying, have mercy on us. Persistence. They're not going to let people stop them from what God wants to do in their life. Why? Because they heard something of Jesus the Messiah. They had a need. They must have heard he could fulfill that need. So they're crying out to him. The multitude rebuked them. I mean, the multitude. Could you imagine that? Shut up. They're yelling louder. Shut up, right? I mean, this is what's going on. It's chaos. Because they should hold their peace, but they cried the more, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. And Jesus stood still. Why did he stand still? Because his father told him to stand still. Why did the Father tell him to stand still? Because Jesus just heard faith. Faith moves God. Your needs don't move God. The pain in your body doesn't move God. The sickness or disease in your body does not move God at all. You know why? Because it already has moved God. And 2,000 years ago, he paid for everything... And he's prepared a table before you. And it's all done. Healing's been provided for you. Provision's been provided. Everything. God could do nothing else to meet any of your needs. He's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So now, how you access that is faith. And God wants to get it all over to you so much, because it's who he is, that faith moves him. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will you that I shall do unto you? Seriously? Jesus, they're blind. What do you think? They have a hangnail and they need you to help them with that? (laughs) Do you ever notice when you minister to people, you do the same thing? Have you ever ministered to somebody and you know what they need? But the Spirit of God is prompting you that they need to say something. Because you can't receive for anybody else. You have to receive for you. you have to. So we help them get in a position to receive. So, what will that I should do unto you? They said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. And then it says, so Jesus had compassion. It's the Greek word for mercy on them. And touched their eyes. So Jesus had compassion or mercy on them. And touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. So we see in this story there was another blind man, which we later learn was with Bartimaeus. They both got healed. Jesus had compassion on them. The God, the God that you and I belong to, is a God of mercy. There's saving mercies, there's forgiving mercies. There's cleansing mercies, there's provisional mercies, there's healing mercies. He's a god of mercy. He, he's full of mercy. His mercy's new every morning. Healing is a mercy. Another way to say that is love heals. So we are blessed. You got to know this for only one reason because God is good. I think that's amazing that we're singing good good father. Nobody, nobody's blessed because we deserve it. We're just blessed because God is good. Amen? So now let's look at Luke's account. Go to Luke 18, verse 35. Luke chapter 18, verse 35. In Luke 18, I'm just going to kind of go because I want to just kind of flow with this. You could write these scriptures down in your notes. And you could, or you could look up at the board and they'll get it up there. In Luke 18, 35, and it says, and it came to pass that as he was come near unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Now, whenever it says a certain blind man, this is talking about someone who everyone would have known. And there was a certain woman with an issue of blood. Everybody in that town knew who it was. Same thing here. There was a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Now, these other two stories don't mention the second guy. Why? Well, ask Jesus whenever we get to heaven. Right? Sometimes, but, but remember, these Gospels, it's one Gospel told in four different ways, and so you're seeing different aspects of this story. They sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. What's, like, what's going on? And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, see persistency, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, what will you that I should do unto you? And he said, Lord, now this is why he said he knew Jesus was the Messiah. He said, Lord, so that you would heal me from blindness. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, that I would receive my sight. See, he must have heard That when the Messiah comes to the earth, he'll have healing in his wings. You don't have Old Testament accounts of people getting healed of blindness. That all started in the Old Testament in the ministry of Jesus. And I say Old Testament, it's really New Testament, but it's under the Old Covenant because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. That I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, now remember, God's word is an enablement why did Jesus say this to him? Because his father prompted him. Why do you say what you say when you minister to people? Why do I say what I'm saying when I preach? Because God's prompting. And God's words are enablements. So look at, look at the story. So look at, look at verse 42. And Jesus said unto him, Receive your sight. Oh Lord, that I might receive my sight. Jesus goes, receive your sight. Which empowered him to lay hold of that. In the same way that God says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In the same way, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. It empowers you to believe. Right? So Jesus says, receive your sight. Your faith, your faith, not the power of God, your faith. Bartimaeus, your faith has saved you. Well, wait a minute, Jesus. He asked to receive his sight. Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. It's the Greek word sozo. We use it for salvation. It includes healing. It includes wholeness, right? It means to heal, to make whole, to deliver. Your faith has made you whole. It's healed you. It's delivered you from blindness. Now look at this. After Jesus said that, it says that immediately his eyes opened. No, it says immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Notice, again, doer of the word. Lord, that I might receive my sight. Well, then receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. And immediately, the man received his sight and followed him and praised him. That's exactly how it works. Jesus, I have symptoms in my body, and you said you yourself bore them so that I don't have to. So right now, I just believe that I receive what you already said. And that's how I walk in it. Right? So now let's look real quick at Mark's account. And it breaks it down. We're going to break this down a little bit more. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. In Mark 10, 46, it says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus Look at this. The son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging. So this is the only account out of the three that it tells us who this guy is. He's Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus. Everybody knows who he is. He sits in the same place. This is the highway. It was a major road that went in and out of Jericho, and he sat right where all these people would walk by, and we learn later he had a government-issued coat of a beggar and he would beg and people would give to him because they would know he's not fake he'd probably been there a long time very long time so he was a well-known beggar Bartimaeus stationed himself at the side of the highway where everyone who was entering the city or leaving the city would see him right because he can't walk around asking for money because he can't see anybody so he, they, they would take him to the place where everybody would pass by. Verse 47. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Notice how important it was to Bartimaeus to make sure that what he had heard about Jesus was correct. What if he would have went and heard some of the stuff talked about Jesus today? What if he heard about Jesus? Hey, you know, Jesus, um, he doesn't heal everyone because he's sovereign and he heals some but not others. And, it, you know, it just might be your cross to bear. It would have been impossible for Bartimaeus to have faith. He had to hear that everybody who came to him and touched him were healed. He had to hear power went out and healed all their sick. He had to hear all this stuff. He had to hear when he went into Nazareth, he wasn't wasn't able to heal hardly anybody because of their unbelief. So it matters what you hear about Jesus. You better make sure that in your life you're positioned to hear the right thing about Jesus this is huge. If you've heard teaching contrary to the Bible, it will affect what you believe about him and it'll affect what you request of him. This is big. Remember, we live the dividing line of the Bible. What is it? John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Every good and perfect gift, James chapter 1, comes down from from above from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If it steals, kills, and destroys, it's not from God, right? you got to hear these things right. Anything that gives life is from Jesus. You have to hear the right things about Jesus to believe the right things about Jesus in order for you to receive the blessings that he has already provided. See, Bartimaeus, notice, he didn't have his sight, but he had a voice. He had a voice. He used, now this is a principle. I would encourage you to write this down because it's all over the Bible. He used what he had to take possession of what he lacked. He used his mouth to get his sight back. He used his faith to get his sight back. Do you see that? Don't ever worry about, see, now New Testament believers, do you know what lack you have in your life? Really? None. You could take the word of, you have been given everything and the Holy Spirit will help you. But see, you gotta get your eyes off yourself otherwise you'll start thinking it's all for you. And God wants you blessed, remember, so that you can be a blessing. Son of David, this is a key. He heard right, so now he knew who Jesus was. That Jesus was the Messiah. That he was the one that David prophesied would come and redeem his people. See, in this story, you see wise people being blind, right? And you see a blind person, or actually two being wise. In 1 Corinthians, don't go there. I'll just they could pull it up on the screen, you could write it down. In 1 Corinthians, I love this scripture. In verse chapter chapter 1, verse 27 through verse 29, it says this: But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The word foolish is the Greek word merino. It means one who is completely dependent on somebody else to take care of him. God's chosen that to confound the world. And God has chosen the weak. That word weak in the Greek means unable to stand on your own. He's chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Verse 28 and base things that means base means so ugly that it should not be brought out in public and base things of the world and the things which are despised hath god chosen yea the thing now get this yea god has chosen the things which are not that's spiritual truth they're not you can't see them He's chosen these invisible spiritual blessings to bring to naught, to reduce to nothing things that are. I'm telling you, Matthew 8:17, Galatians 3:13 and 14. Uh, Psalm 107,20, we could go on and on and on. Those invisible words will destroy cancer, will, will reduce it to nothing. We'll get it out of your body. We'll cleanse your blood. We'll fix your joints. Isn't that good news? Yeah. See, we're talking about zoe life here. I love Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. It says, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Now that's real interesting, but what it gets really good when you back up to verse 5. We always quote verse 5 proverbs 3 5 trust in the lord with all of your heart don't rely on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct he'll orchestrate your paths you could quote that but you better quote verse 7 because it's the warning because if you're not doing that you're going to be wise in your own eyes don't be wise in your own eyes. Because if you're wise in your own eyes, you're not going to fear the Lord, and you're not going to depart from evil. And the enemy is going to steal, kill, and destroy when he has no legal right to do it. You're just you're giving him a right to do it. So Bartimaeus' faith is shown as he cried out. Faith caused him to cry out. We see persistency in his faith. But here's the deal, guys. There can be no strong faith without strong desire. Remember how we've been talking about desire? A longing, a craving, a yearning for. What things soever you desire, Mark 11:24. 24. What things soever you desire, what things soever you long for, you crave, you yearn for, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. There can be no strong faith without strong desire. This is why you got to live looking at the word because there is no strong desire when you're walking your way. That's why so much of the church is so weak. Man, I've determined I'm not going to be weak. To be honest with you, you're looking at the weakest that I'm ever going to be. Right? Get excited about that. Wherever you are, just go, okay, this is where I am. Satan, you better take your best shot now because I'm going to be stronger by the time lunch is over. <laughs> right? Because he, I'm learning not how to do it myself. I'm learning how to rest in him and stay plugged into the source and be strong in the Lord where I am immovable to stay under the secret place of the Most High God to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Right? And as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because He is with me. Right? Man, I could almost get to preaching here and I'm supposed to be teaching. In James chapter 5, in verse 16, at the end of the verse, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Fervent. In the Amplified, it reads like this. It brings out this parenthetical definition in the Greek. It reads, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Notice my prayer is not powerful. My prayer is heartfelt, is earnest, and it makes tremendous power from God available. And it and that power is dynamic in its working. It'll eradicate debt, it'll eradicate lack, it'll eradicate sickness, it'll eradicate emotional problems, it'll eradicate Past mistakes, it eradicates anything that's not from God. This is huge. Verse 48 of that story on Bartimaeus. You still in Mark? Verse 48, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. You have to become deadened to the praise and the persecution of men in order to follow God and walk in all that he has for you. You'll have to get over yourself. You're going to have to become deadened because people are going to want to try to keep you out. Don't let them keep you out. It's yours. This is your time. And the God of heaven is with you. The crowd around Bartimaeus decided they would determine who was worthy of Jesus' attention. Don't let anyone else determine for you to lay hold of what Jesus has for you. In their estimation, the blind beggar was not worthy of this. Jesus stated in his ministry that it is the sick that need a physician, not the well person. See, we as the church need never forget this. And we need to build our identity because when we think about it, what we want to do is just go talk to homeless people and people who are who we estimate are lower than us. But what about that multimillionaire businessman who's just as lost as anybody else, but we're afraid to walk up to him because he drives a Mercedes. He's a corpse. He's a rotting dead corpse who's not fulfilled and who doesn't even know it and the God of heaven wants to reach through you and reach him. I still remember, I probably told this story way too much. But I used to go play basketball at Laguna Beach all the time. And you know, I looked better when I was younger, but I sweat like crazy when I play sports. I think God was getting me ready for the anointing. But so I would just wear shorts, basketball shoes, no shirt. I mean, it was, I finally figured out as a young man to put a towel on my seat of my car. Because my car stunk, you know. Because I'd play basketball in Laguna Beach. so And when I, I had longer hair back then in the, you know, in the 80s. And, and so my hair, if it gets too long, like you guys think my hair never moves. <laughs> but that's because I, I get it cut every two weeks. If I let it grow, it would just start getting curly. So when I'd come from the beach, I would smell. I was full of sand because I'd go jump in the water and then, you know, I mean... I, I just smelled I was full of sand, my hair, you know, and, and I'm driving this nothing car and I stop by the AMPM mini market and on my way home and, and I I you had back then you had to go and pay inside and then you pump your gas. And I'm I'm walking I'm walking in the door of this place and out the other door walks this guy, middle-aged guy, probably in his 40s. Third not middle-aged, third of the way. Now that I'm 56, I better say that. So, and he walked out the other door, and I just, you know, I just saw him, and then I just walked in and gave money. And as soon as I turned around, the Lord said, I want you to go, and I want you to talk to him and tell him that I love him and that I could straighten out his life. You know, I'm 20 years old. I might not have even been 20. It's been so long, I can't remember. So immediately, I see the guy get in a, a, a top-level Mercedes And immediately I'm intimidated. Now think about this. I'm a child of God who has the very presence of God in me. God of the universe. I'm his body, so he reaches through me. And I'm being intimidated by a stinking, rotting corpse that is spiritually dead. Only because of what he's dressed in and what he... Right? So then, so it was so big in me, so I'm like, oh man. So I walk over to this guy's car. And I stand there. And he's in the zone. And I'm, I'm like, I'm right here. And I'm, I'm standing there. And, and fi- he's not looking. So I, I knock on his window. So he's like, and he looks at me. And he's like, you know, like, get away from me. And I'm like, so I step back. I, don't, I step, I'm like, I'm like, sir, I, I apologize for bothering you right? His window wasn't all the way up, but now it was. So, so he puts it the rest, it was like an inch down. And so I'm yelling, I'm like, sir, God just wanted me to come tell you that he loves you. Now, now there's people everywhere walking and they're like, and, and there's people like, okay, what's going to happen here? Is this guy going to like freak out, right? So I'm like, oh, goodness you know and so I'm like God wants you to know that he loves you and that he could fix your life it comes on me he he looked up at me when I said that and instantly there were tears in his eyes and the window comes down and he goes what and I'm like I I go, I'm a Christian and I just walked in there to get gas and you walk by me and I go, the Spirit of God, I go, I don't know if you know God, but the Spirit of God just was so strong and he told me to come tell you this. He said, if that bears witness with you, be blessed. And I, I go, you know, just I just want you to know that. Have a great day. And I started walking. He's like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that God told you to come up here? And I'm like, yeah. I go, he does that with me sometimes. I, I, I'm sorry if I bothered you. I mean, I'm really blowing it here, you know. And, and he goes, he goes, young man, I just came out of a meeting in San Diego. He goes, I live in LA. He said, my wife hates me. My kids hate me. I'm losing my company. Uh, my world is falling apart. And I've been driving up and I've been listening to the radio, and this guy named Chuck Smith has been talking about how that God loves you and he could fix your life. Oh, wow. And he goes, I was just, I needed gas and I'm, I'm heading back home, but he goes, I was just thinking, man, I, I wonder where I could get a Bible. You know, what I want, so so I ministered to him, I led him to Christ right there, and I, I sent them to Calvary Chapel. I said, hey, if you go, you're going up the 5 Freeway, just get off here. Calvary Chapel's right there. They got, they got Bibles. They got, they'll get... Tell them you just accepted the Lord and somebody sent you there. And I never saw the guy again. You don't know. You can't define who you are by what you see outwardly. You're a masterpiece. You might have some scars on you outwardly because of some stuff... But you're still a masterpiece. And the Holy Spirit will bring out on the outside of you who you are on the inside. And oh, by the way, those scars, they'll lead people to you. Everything about you, to be honest with you, everything that God has delivered you from, you'll spend your whole life being used by God to deliver other people out of it. Just telling your story. See, when God heals, here's here's the cool thing. There is no scar. And that's what's amazing. Some cry out to Jesus in panic. Some cry out to Jesus in desperation. Bartimaeus cried out to Jesus in faith. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Right? It's Romans chapter 10 he heard the right things which caused him to believe the right things which caused him to speak and act on what he had heard which caused him to receive his sight that that's just the way it works see unbelief will never call unbelief will say there's no use It's too late. Faith says it's mine. I have it now. Verse 49 And Jesus stood still, verse 49, and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Now they're not rebuking him. Oh, hey, hey, be of good cheer. He's calling you. Notice that Bartimaeus initiated the healing, not Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Jesus stopped because Bartimaeus called out in faith. Smith Wigglesworth, I love this quote. Smith Wigglesworth said this, a minister years ago, he's he's already went home to be with the Lord. He said, there's something about faith that will cause God to pass over a million people just to get to you. There are things that Jesus wouldn't stop for, but there are things, there's one thing that Jesus will never pass by, and that's faith. See you may lack you may lack strength today physically. You may lack some, health, you may have some health issues, you may lack some, some health that you need, some strength, some finances, some peace. You may lack some of these things, but He has given you the measure of faith. And He sent His word and healed you. and what you lack, if you'll just use what you have, he'll take care of everything that you lack. Isn't that awesome? Verse 50. And he cast, now look at this. Bartimaeus, when he got up, he wouldn't have had to do that. But when you're in faith, you get out of the boat. He cast off his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now that doesn't mean anything unless you study the culture. See, casting away his garment was his faith in action. What will your faith in action be? the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, tell you what to say. But trust me, you're going to have to get out of the boat. The coat was a government-issued coat that allowed Bartimaeus to be seen as an official beggar. It was his livelihood. He was casting away his only financial security. Why do we say this? Some, now get this, some are so accustomed to their own security, they're they're too accustomed to their own security to obey God's word. And God's word cannot fail. To walk and live by faith, you must cast from yourself the cloak of self-sufficiency and come to God boldly knowing that his care is more than enough for you. Verse 51. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What will you that I should do unto you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. What we get in any service we attend here depends on what we're believing for. Did you come believing today? Because I'm telling you, as you hear the word of God, it'll bubble up in you and go, yeah, that's mine. I'm taking hold of that now. Amen. We can only minister to people when the door is open. And, and I'm telling you, don't. Th- this is why you can't live for yourself. Because if you're around somebody and that door opens, God... He doesn't care what's going on in your life. He knows he'll take care of it, and he'll have you turn. I can tell you stories. I've went to grocery stores. He's told me what aisle I need to go down. I mean, it's hilarious. And the whole time your mind's going, what in the world are you doing? He'll have you walk up to people that, you know, you just don't, you're not even in the same realm with them. Why do I say that? Because if you're 70s and your 80s and your 60s and your 50s, don't be surprised if he has you go up to a 12-year-old. Go up to him. And if you're 12 years old, don't be afraid to go up to somebody 70. Right? Don't be afraid, if you're black, to go up to a white person or if you're white to go up to a black person don't be afraid to get out of your little comfort zone and go to another neighborhood cuz guess what the precious fruit of the earth is people don't be afraid of anything don't be afraid to go to somebody who does you know doesn't speak english I've walked up to somebody before and the Lord's like, he just gave me utterance. And I've walked up to him and I've spoken to him in tongues. And I'm sitting there, my flesh is going, oh my gosh, you're one of those. <laughs> That's happened to me before and I've spoken their language. Wow. Did I know what I said? No. Right? It's crazy i've walked up to somebody who doesn't speak english and go god loves you do you want to accept jesus and i know they don't speak english and they're like so repeat after me dear lord jesus and they speak in another language i'm speaking in english they're hearing in their language and they're see don't think about this stuff you're not just human you're, you're a child of God. You're only here to, to be light in the world. And if we get our eyes off ourselves, we will live the God kind of life because God doesn't have his eyes on himself. Amen. Guys, we're a light in this world. Our church, when people ask me about our church, I go, man, our church is awesome. It's just like heaven. You got young and old. You got people from every culture. Well, get ready. It's, it's, it's going to get even more. And we got to be ready to be who we are in Christ. Well, it all starts here. See, the legalities of faith. Jesus didn't tell them what to do or what to believe him for. They told Jesus what they were believing him for. Why? Because they had a desire. Bartimaeus wanted to see. It's not up to what Jesus can do. It's up to what you and I can believe. Right? Mark 9, 23. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Jesus, is new. Jesus knew Bartimaeus' need. Right? He knew. But he needed to make sure that Bartimaeus was coming to him in faith. Verse 52. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made, you, made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight Notice, Jesus said something, and then he received something. God has said things, so now it's just time to receive them. He received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Jesus said, your faith has saved you. Not the anointing that was on Jesus. God saw fit to showcase the person's faith. Bartimaeus had faith because of what he had heard about Jesus. Bartimaeus released his faith through what he said and what he did. It is crucial that you release your faith by saying, I'm healed, I have it now. I'm, 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 all my needs are met now, I have it now. Whatever it is. And then you must act like it. What do you mean? If it's healing, you act like you would act if you were healed. How, what do you do? What, what do you mean, Pastor? You be led by the Spirit of God. If a pain hits your body and you've already received healing, don't accept that. I, I, I'm healed. Body, you got to come in line. Satan, you're out of here. Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I have it now. I'm not going to get it. I have it now. I thank you that my needs are met. I'm not going to worry about him, right? It is crucial to your health to follow in the direction that Jesus is walking and to stay close to him. Notice, and follow Jesus in the way. So after Bartimaeus received, he followed Jesus. What does that mean to us today? He followed Jesus. So after he's healed, he thanked him, and then he started following him. So this is how you walk out your faith. You just keep hearing at the word of God. What do you say? What do you do? What do you thank? What do you do? You just keep looking at the word and you let the Holy Spirit reveal what to do. You follow Jesus in the way. You stay close to him. You press through the crowd of busyness. You press through anything. You get up early. You, you, you make sure you go start my car right now. You're going to hear Bill Winston preaching. We live in the word. Why? because he's irresistible and i'm going to be walking through life peering into him getting to know my god and all of a sudden i'm going to look and i'm going to be like oh my goodness i'm not on the earth anymore i finished my course at least this course now it's time for another course that's the walk of faith